Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. How many love the Lord? Hope you brought your Bible. Glory to God. Turn to the book of Colossians. Studying the subject of redemption. Anybody learning anything about who you are in Christ? Everybody say, thank God. I'm a new creature. In Christ Jesus, old things have passed away. All things are new for me. He that knew no sin was made sin on my behalf. Because of that, I am, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I have the right to come boldly before the throne of grace without guilt, without condemnation, without the stain of sin and fellowship and talk with and request of according to the word, my heavenly Father's favor and blessing. Amen. Colossians chapter 2. Now, we've been looking at who we are, what we have, what we can do in Christ. This, is, this would be more of what I would call in the realm of applying this to your life. Now, I found out, it took me a, oh, three or four years, but once I found this out, it, it really changed my life, and it changed the way that I perceived a lot of things in the Word of God. It, it changed the way that I viewed how faith operated, and it helped me really to understand how God does bring blessing and bless your life. Now, what I discovered or what I found out is a lot of people exhaust their faith or exhaust what they're getting from God trying to defeat an already defeated foe or trying to get God to do something for him that he's already done. Amen? So a lot of people exhaust a lot of their spiritual energy on needs. I need, I need, I need, I need, I need, I need, I need. And if you notice, if you've ever done that over a period of time, you notice the more you do it, the more it gets and the more, the more strenuous it is, the more laborious it is until you really don't even like it anymore because you feel like all you do when you pray is just beg God for stuff. Amen? And so that, that doesn't, that really inhibits your spiritual growth. So I begin to just kind of get away from all the need stuff and get over into the reality of what the Word of God said about me, about who I was, about what I had, about what I could do in Christ. Because I recognize and realize this in Christ, this redemption thing, was something that most churches and most denominations knew nothing about. Most Christians that I talked to when I was backslidden knew nothing about these types of truths. I had been exposed to it as a young boy, but in reality, I did not know how to apply it to my life. They taught it in concept. They taught it in revelation, but they did not teach it in application. Because until you begin to apply it, you will continually fight to try and get your needs met. But when you do apply it and begin to walk in the light of it, you never have to worry about your needs getting met because you know that's already happened. You know it's already done. And now the thrust of all of your spirituality is to grow up in Him and continue to find out who He is because the more you find out about Him, the more you find out about you because you and He be one. Amen. He's the vine, you're the branches. He's what gives the nourishment to the He's what gives the nourish, nourishment to the part that produces the fruit. Everybody say hallelujah. Now, Colossians. How's my time? Oh good, I got 29 minutes. I'm going to start in verse 1. Let me just read a minute. 
I love these redemptive chapters. Man, they're so good. Now, let me, okay, I'll do that, Lord. Let me mention again, let me remind you. The majority of all denominational teaching comes from two camps that came out of a Bible seminary in Germany over 400 years ago. The Calvinistic doctrine, Calvin and his crew, they came out of one side of it. All of the legalism came out of the other side. So we have one group, most of the denominations such as the Baptist Methodist, if you've got a Baptist Methodist background, if you've, got a, if you've got a Lutheran background, any of those types of Episcopal background, then you've been exposed to a lot of Calvinism, predestination. And it's all wrong. The other side of it is you've been exposed to legalism. Amen. Well, neither, neither, neither one of them are right because it's all religious brainwashing. And what we've said is you don't need religious brainwashing. You need to be New Testament taught. And so we saw a generation rise up, begin to, begin to actually do New Testament teaching, dare to do two New Testament teaching on a, on a mass scale. And it affected a great move of God upon the earth. But man, the recoil of the devil against it has been ferocious. And a lot of people have lost what God had given them back in the 90s because they got cold and indifferent in 2000, 2005, 2010. Now they're struggling to get back into the things of God. Thank God that's not you, amen? Now, in application, how does this work? Here we go. Colossians 2 verse 1. For I would that you knew what great conflict I have for you and for them at Laodicea and for as many as not seen my face in the flesh, that their hearts might be comforted being knit together in love. Everybody say in love. And unto all riches of the full assurance of understanding to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God, of the Father and of Christ. Now, that's, I know that's kind of a flowery King James way to say that. And the reason I'm not reading it in other, in other uh, translations is because this is how I begin to walk in it was in the King James. So for me to really teach it with the passion that I got it in, I, I teach it in the King James. So basically it's just saying here, this wonderful mystery, this, this, this things that the wise men and the, and the sages and the prophets have sought after for, for decade after decade, uh, century after century, millennia after millennia, has been revealed. The Father in Christ has been revealed now in this time, in this generation. Woo, glory to God. Thank God, amen. So then he continues it by saying, in whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And this I say, lest any man should beguile you with enticing words. For though I be absent in the flesh, yet I am with you in the spirit, joined and beholding your order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. It's an awesome thing to be a man of God and to have other people subordinate to you in other ministries around the world. Because it, your heart is so knit to them and you're so, how can I say that? It's the Father's heart. Amen. A lot of these missionaries, like people like Ryan and Kimberly and some of these others that were my Bible school students and people like that that we support. My heart, my heart is just knit to them. I know how Paul feels. Amen. I've been around Paul Chase enough and around the, uh, his pastors to know how it feels when men and women come up because of what you believe and because of what you teach. And they're actually changed their lives and now they're out doing the same thing. That's an awesome responsibility. Amen? Paul's expressing this. But then he says this, For though I be absent in the flesh, that I am with you in the Spirit, join and beholding your order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ as you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in Him. 
So he concludes this awesome, this awesome opening to chapter 2 by saying, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. Now notice what it says. Amplified. Let me find it here. Verse 6, as you have therefore received Christ, even Jesus the Lord, so walk, regulate your lives, conduct yourselves in union with and conformity to him. Now, we got into this. How did you get saved? Not how did God save you. How did you get saved? You got saved by believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth that God the Father raised His Son Jesus from... That's how you got, that's how you got saved. That's not how God saved you. That's how you got saved. Amen? How many agree with that? How many are saved? Wave your hand and say hallelujah. Aren't you glad you're saved? Amen. Now, everybody agrees. That's how we got saved. But it's amazing that we've not seen or we don't understand that the way we got in this, we stay in this. We grow in this. We move in this. We increase in this. You say, how'd you get in this? We believed in our heart. We confessed with our mouth. Everything you get from God. Now, listen to me. Everything you get from God, everything you get from God, everything you get from God, you're going to have to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. That's why we stress these word-based confessions. That's why we stress our offering confession. That's why we stress our health confession. That's why we stressed it because in that word is the power to bring that word to pass and it's not activated until it comes through the heart and the mouth of a believer. As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk. One translation says, so order your steps in Him. So see, a lot of times we think that's going through life, confessing, confessing God meeting of all of our need. Thank you, Father. You supply all of my need according to your riches and glory. Thank you, Father. Well, that's all well and good and you can speak over your finances. But in reality, what really puts you over is your redemptive confession. What is your redemptive confession? Amen. What is your redemptive confession? What do you say about yourself? What do you say about who you are in Christ? Amen. I mean, every day, how do you say it? See, that's why a lot of people don't have the reality of faith. They don't have a reality of spiritual things. I've had several men say this to me over the years, and I really don't know how to receive it. But I, they all said it as a compliment. They said, you're the most unspiritual, spiritual man I've ever met in my life. <laughs> well, I guess that's a compliment. I don't know. But in reality, I have learned that if you major on the majors... And the major is the fruit of your salvation, which is the total reclamation of God of His creation. And you seeing yourself as not man or woman, black or white, American or African, but seeing yourself in Christ, redeemed, washed in His blood, empowered by His Spirit, walking by the power of His Word, and living the victorious life in the most trying of times. The Father loves it but you're going to have to navigate it by your redemptive confession. Listen, every day, this I was saying it today, was I was at the gym fixing to play some badminton with some guys, so I was running around the gym doing my laps and I was doing my redemption. Thank you, Heavenly Father. I'm crucified with Him. Nevertheless, I live. Oh, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. 
And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved and gave himself. Thank you, Father, I was buried with him by baptism into death. Into death. Now I rise and walk in newness of life. I'm risen with him and seated in heavenly places, accepted in the beloved, complete in him. In him I live and move and have my being. Jesus has been made unto me wisdom, sanctification, redemption, and forgiveness of sin. Thank you, I'm a new creature in Christ. Old things have passed away. All things are new for me. He who knew no sin was made sin on my behalf because of that. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. Then I move over into the power part because it's also part of your authority. Who's you, who you are in Christ empowers you. Thank you, Lord. I walk on serpents and scorpions over all power of the enemy. Nothing shall any means harm me. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the earth. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Thanks be unto God who causes me always, 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 always to triumph in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Father. Here on this earth, here in this life, I reign and rule as a king by one, Jesus Christ, my Lord and my Savior. Thank you, Father, for the mighty power of your word, power of your spirit, power of the Holy Ghost. Thank you that my faith is not in the wisdom of men, but in the power of Almighty God. You might just talk yourself into victory if you start talking like that. I takes you above just saying, Lord, I thank you my light bill's paid. I thank you. No, no. You can get beyond that. I like what one preacher said. You can quit praying for your light bill, start praying for the light company. I'm telling you, your faith can do anything. The Bible says nothing's impossible if you'll believe. And I'm going to tell you what. The devil has tricked you into thinking believing is difficult when it's not. Let me say that again. The devil has tricked a lot of people in the body of Christ, got them to thinking it's hard to believe. Oh, you got to get Oh, it's, it's not hard to believe. Listen, if you can receive the greatest miracle after listening to one message, and one message and responding to one altar call and walk up there and go from life, go from death to life, darkness to light, right there at one instant of time, how much more can you do if you will walk in what God says do? As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. You say what? Believe it in your heart. Confess it with your What does God say about you? Now, real quick. Hebrews chapter 9. Hebrews chapter 9. Then we'll end up there in Hebrews chapter 3. Now let me read again just because it really bears reading this to get the full impact of it. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 1, and I'm going to read it in the King James. Now this is, I believe, I believe the Apostle Paul wrote the book of Hebrews because of its language. Now I've heard other men talk about, you know, things they've heard from the Lord, and I believe them, but I, I, I do believe Paul wrote Hebrews. Verse 1, Hebrews chapter 9. Then verily the first covenant had also ordinances of divine service and a worldly sanctuary. For there was a tabernacle made, the first wherein was a candlestick and the table and the showbread, which is called the sanctuary. And after the second veil, the tabernacle, which is called the holiest of all. Everybody say holiest of all. Now this is speaking of the tabernacle that Moses erected in the, in the wilderness. It says it was had the golden censers, the Ark of the Covenant, overlaid round about with gold, wherein were the golden, uh, the golden pot that had manna, and Aaron's rod that budded, and the tables of the covenant. Now, all of those are types and shadows of what's in you right now. This is what's in you. 
right now. You say, well, well the tabernacle, the, tablets, uh, the tables of the covenant, that's the word of God in you. Amen. Uh, the manna uh, is, is God's provision in you, which is salvation. And Aaron's rod that budded is proof that you've been chosen. Oh, man, we might ought to teach on that a little bit. You get real happy. And over it, the cherubims of glory shadowing the mercy seat of which we cannot now speak particularly. You say, man, I don't have time to exhaust all of this. You know this. He's speaking to who? Hebrews, Jewish people. He says, now when these things were thus ordained, the priest, now everybody say the priest. Say it again, the priest. It said the priest went into the first tabernacle accomplishing the service of God. Now notice that phrase, service of God. But into the second went the high priest alone once every year, not without blood, which he offered for himself and for the heirs of the people. The Holy Ghost, this signifying that the way into the holiest of all was not yet made manifest while the first tabernacle was yet standing. Now notice, which was a figure for the time then present in which were offered both gifts and sacrifices that could not make him that did the service perfect or mature as pertaining to his conscience or his lifestyle. No inward change. Only an outward cleansing that gave him access to God to make requests. Amen? Amen. Are you with me? But now notice this. Let me read that again which was a figure for the time then present, which were offered both gifts and sacrifices that could not make him that did the service as pertaining as uh, perfect as pertaining to conscience or to the conscience or lifestyle, which stood only in meats and drinks, diverse washings, carnal ordinances imposed on them until the time of reformation. I like it says, one translation says, until the time of God's rescue. Oh, hallelujah. Now, 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 Paul is just saying, now look, we're all Jews. He's writing it to the Hebrews. He said, we're all Jews here, but we've been born again. And we understand all this about our heritage and how the priest went in. They had the blood of the bulls and the goats. They did all these ordinances. They did all of this. But all that was, that was just smoke and mirrors. That was just type and shadow. They were going through and running through a ritual day after day, week after week, year after year, generation after generation. But they were acting out something on earth that would give testimony in heaven of what Jesus would do one day that would bring us redemption. Are you with me? He's our high priest. Here we go. You ready for this? But Christ. Everybody say, but Christ. Being come a high priest of good things to come by greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building, neither by the blood of bulls and calves, but by his own blood he entered once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. For if the blood of bulls and goats and the, and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifies to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God purge your conscience, purge your lifestyle, purge your life from dead works to serve God? And it's so hard to serve God. Are you out of your mind? 
You got to work at serving the devil. It's hard and it pays a hard wage and you'll live a hard life and you'll be covered with hard bark. Amen. You ever heard somebody say that? Man, I got some hard bark on that dude. You don't want to end up like that. You want to end up like Jesus, meek and lowly. Now notice, let me finish. We're going somewhere with this. You like the journey? How much more? Oh, I love the how much more is of the Bible. I could preach a message on that. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God to purge your conscience, your lifestyle, from the dead works, things that have no relevance to your life, to serve the living God. And for this cause, he is the mediator. Now listen, he is the mediator of the New Testament by means of death for the redemption of the transgression under the First Testament they were that they, were, that they are called, might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. That's us. Now notice, for where a testament is, there must also of necessity be the death of the testor. Do you understand that legal term? If we were in law school, you ought to all understand that. He says, if you're going to have a will, somebody's going to have to die. Or the will means nothing. It's just ink on paper. But if that person dies, then there's stuff in that will that if people say it and act on it, it's going to happen. My, my, my. Amen. Now notice. For where a testament is, there must also of necessity be be the death of the testor. For a testament is of force after men are dead. Otherwise, it is of no strength at all while the tester liveth. Whereupon, neither the first testament was dedicated without blood. For when Moses had spoken every precept to all the people, according to the law, he took the blood of calves and of goats with water and scarlet wood and hyssop and sprinkled both the book and all the people, saying... This blood of the testament which God hath enjoined unto you. Now, you've got to understand, Moses went through a type and sprinkled the altar and everything around that altar with the blood, sanctifying it here on earth. But I'm telling you, on that resurrection day, Jesus rose from the dead. And he walked upon this earth for a short period of time, revealing himself to Mary Magdalene, whom he said, Touch me not, for I have not yet ascended. So we knew ascension had not taken place. But he went to the Father. And while he was up with the Father, he took his blood, and the only thing in the Holy of Holies is the mercy seat. And instead of two gold cherubs, it's two real cherubs that are over that mercy seat. And when Jesus walked in to that holy of holies, heaven that had been in shock for three days and three nights began to rejoice uncontrollably as Jesus poured his blood upon the mercy seat and became the testor that had died so that we can receive the inheritance. Then he stepped over into the place of the the attorney of the probate to get the will into your hands. Now, are you ready for this? He doesn't give us the will of God. 
He is the will of God. And He has sat down at the right hand of the Father in the what? In the high priest ministry, which does what? Which does what? We read it and we read it. and Makes offerings on behalf of those they stand in the priesthood for. Let me say it again. Makes offerings, gives offerings to the Father. Under the old covenant, it was the high priest of the particular year. Under the new covenant, it's Jesus. Under the old covenant, they had all kinds of offerings. They had all kinds, they had wave offerings, they had oil, they had wheat, they had goats, they had, they had all kinds of offerings. In the new covenant, we have one offering. We have one offering. And if you're not giving your offering, you're not going to make it. Period. You ready for your offering? You ready? Here we go. Hebrews 3. I'll close this. Oh, I'm doing good. You're learning something. Hebrews chapter 3. Let me read just a minute. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle, here we go, and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus. Now, the word profession translated is the word confession. Let me read it in the Amplified. So then, brethren, consecrated and set apart of God, who share in the heavenly calling, thoroughly and attentively consider Jesus, the apostle and high priest, whom we confessed as ours when we embraced Christian faith, of the Christian faith. Now, back to the King James who was faithful to him that appointed him, being God, as also Moses was faithful in all of his house. For this man was counted worthy of more glory than Moses. For this man was counted worthy of more glory than Moses. You say, what's the word? This man. You say, why? Because you'd be connected to this man. If it said this God, you'd be in trouble because you ain't no God. But it says, this man, you connected to that man. I said, you're connected to that man. I said, you're connected to that man. Now notice. For this man counted worthy of more glory than Moses, insomuch as he who hath builded the house hath more honor than he, that has more honor than the house. For every house is built by some man, but he that buildeth all things is God. As Moses verily was faithful in all of his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which were to be spoken after. But Christ, oh, this is so good. But Christ as a son over his own house. If that didn't get you this better. Whom we are. Let me try that again. You need to hear that. But Christ, as a son over his own house, whose house are we? We hold fast the confident and the rejoicing of the hope firm unto the, unto the end. Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith, today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Stop right there. Now, he ends this with communication. You need to hear from God. Don't harden your heart or you, you won't be able to hear from God. 
Here's what he's saying. He's saying, now you've got a high priest. You're going to have to give him an offering. He is the high priest of your confession. Your words are your offerings to God. Jesus doesn't take your money. He doesn't take anything else but your words to the Father. And by the words that he presents the Father, you are either justified or you're condemned. If you're speaking and confessing the word of God on a continual basis, then all he has to offer the Father is his own words, which is him. He is the word, was the word, forever will be the word. God the Father will justify you when you continually, out of your heart, speak the Word of God till the Word of God becomes your reality. You've got to practice the law of, of what's it called? The law of, where you take a glass of milk and start pouring water in it. Displacement. You take a, you take a source of water that's flowing. You take a a little bit of milk at the bottom of a glass and put it under a faucet and put it there. You turn the water on, it won't take long. All of that water will displace it. It'll all come out. Well, see, you've got all this junk in you that needs to be displaced. And the water of the Word of God wants to run into your life. And there's a spiritual dynamo you have the responsibility to create. You say, what is that spiritual dynamo? Your constant, continual, heartfelt confession over yourself. If you ever come back and pray, you hear me pray, you hear me pray the Word a lot. Because to pray in the Word is to pray the Spirit also. A lot of people think it's just praying in tongues. No, you pray in the Word, you pray in the Spirit. Amen? And you start praying in the Word, praying in the Spirit, praying in the Word, praying in the Spirit. That's a spiritual dynamo. Now, your heart feeds your mouth faith when you need it. But your mouth feeds your heart faith when you don't. That's why you continually speak the Word of God to keep your faith built up. That's why I confess healing scriptures when I have no sickness or disease in my body. But I continually say, thank you, Father, that Jesus Christ is not only my Lord and Savior, but my healer. He was wounded for my transgression, bruised for my iniquity, chastised when my peace was upon him. By his stripes, I am the healed of God. That's what I say. That's what I say. That's what Jesus takes to the Father on my behalf. That's what the Father's already placed in me through redemption. That's what faith activates in me through the confession of my mouth and the belief of my heart. That's the spiritual dynamo that works continually in your life. You cut that off, then you go, you, you, live, you live for God like this. That's how you live for God. And no church is good enough. Services are too long. Songs are too loud. Too many offerings. You get 10,000 excuses. Why? Because your flesh and your mind reject that. But as long as you are applying to Jesus, given to Jesus, the words of his redemptive covenant, and he has taken the words of that redemptive covenant and placed them before the Father on your behalf, because you've got to understand there's a, there's, another, there's a prosecuting attorney in heaven do you know that? Yeah. He's called the accuser of the brethren. And you got somebody born again, full of the Holy Ghost down here saying, I can't make it. I'm depressed. I'm this. I'm that. Jesus, that's all the words he has. He goes to heaven with that, goes into the throne room with that. And the accuser of the brethren says, see, you said they have what they say. They believe they're not going to make it in their heart and that's all they're saying. You wonder why Job got in trouble? He got it. He said it. God didn't put that on Job. God never put that on Job. He said, the thing that I greatly feared had come upon me. Fear opened the door to the devil. And the devil got in there because of that fear. But God restored him and gave him 10 times more than he lost.
because he got back on the right side and said, I know my Redeemer liveth and on the end days will stand upon this earth. His faith was in Jesus. Amen? So, change your life, change your direction, change your destiny, change your words. Pastor, I'm struggling to get healed. Change your words. I'm struggling to, I've got all these, these, these temptations. I got, ah, change your words. Change your words. For 39 years, this is my first day into my 40th year. Amen. Amen. It's going to be a strong year. You, why, why do you think that? Because I say it is. Because I say it is. For many years, we, we traveled to places that were very dangerous. We never talked about it. We didn't put it in our newsletters. We didn't, we didn't try to use, you know, sensationalism to make people think we were somebody because we were traveling to dangerous places. But honey, I talk, you talk about standing on the word and speaking the word and believing God. And I tell you, God blessed us and kept us. We never had a flat tire on a car. We never missed an airplane flight. We never had any of the terrorism that was around us get on us or any of our loved ones or any of the people that we were working with. God preserved us and kept us the whole time and left, a, left an eternal seed in that nation that now we're starting to begin to reap some of the fruit of that. Awesome what God is doing. Amen? So never forget that, that the potential of what God has placed in you, it's not, it's not God that turns the dial up and down. It's you. It's you. And there's such a joy. There's such a peace you know, when you, you don't have these, these invasions of thoughts into your mind anymore because the devil knows your, mind, your mind's not subject to that. Amen? I mean, I was laying in bed the other night. I'd been praying because I've been praying, going to sleep and waking up here lately, you know, 10, 15, 20 minutes, just praying. Every time I wake up with someone on my heart, I pray for them. And so I was praying for this particular person and I began to see this scenario coming and I could see the thoughts. I could almost see them because I'd been praying. And I, right off the bat, I said, no, 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 no. I will not consider that. I will not think that. I will not look at an outcome like that. One of the greatest advantages of what I'm teaching you tonight is this. You begin to see life through redemptive eyes and you begin to speak a new language. You begin to speak a redemptive language. That's, that's not speaking in tongues. That's the way you talk now is redemptive. It's not fallen because the world's language is fallen. Everything tickles them to death. You know, I'm going to die if I don't get that. You know, it's just saturated with death. But when you start speaking a redemptive language, somebody says, well, the economy's going down. But you say, yeah, but God supplies all my needs. Oh, COVID's getting stronger. It's killing everybody now. You say, well, Jesus was wounded for my transgression, bruised for my iniquity. I believe he's bigger. I believe he's greater. See, there's a redemptive language you speak and there's a way to see through redemptive eyes that takes exposure to the Word on a continual basis. The outward man perishes, but the inward man is what? Renew. You need your daily renewal of the Word and the Spirit. Amen? Praise God. You love the Lord? Lift your hands and worship God. Father, we worship you. We glorify your name. Oh, how we exalt you. Thank you, Jesus. You're our high priest. You're the author and the finisher of our faith. Oh, we thank you, Jesus, that you went through what you went through to become who you are now so that we might be who we are in you. We thank you for it, Jesus. We pray as David did. Let the words of our mouth 
and the meditation of our heart. Be acceptable in thy sight, our strength and our redeemer. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Say this out loud. Thank you, Lord. I'm a new creature. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. Thank you, Jesus. You are my high priest. My faith is in the blood on that mercy seat. And I thank you, Jesus. On my behalf, you have words that I speak to present to the Father. Words of healing. Words of deliverance. Words of prosperity. Words of joy. Words of destiny. Words of peace. Thank you, Father. I am born again. Your spirit abides. Your spirit empowers. I'm a supernatural being in a natural world. And I thank you, Lord. This world will not overcome me, but I will overcome it in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Give the Lord a shout. Amen, amen. Stand on your feet. Glory to God. Oh, I tell you, God loves you. I said, God loves you. I tell you, He didn't give you over to, to an angel. He didn't give you over to a denomination or to a to a to a some kind of figurehead like a like a pope or a priest. He gave you to Jesus. You belong to Him. You belong to Jesus. I said, You belong to Jesus. Hallelujah. I said, You belong to Jesus. I said, You belong to Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. To Jesus and no other. Hallelujah. Fathers, we leave tonight. Thank you for your safety and your protection. We declare no evil befalls us, no plague comes nigh us. The angels of God have charge over us. Thank you, Lord, that in our travels on the highways, airways, seaways, or railways, we're kept blessed and protected. Thank you in the righteous labor of our hands, our contractors, our teachers, our students, those that work in retail, those that work in real estate, all of our men and women in the job force. We declare your blessing, your favor, bonuses and raises, the goodness of God. Our businesses we call blessed, kept safe, protected by the goodness of Almighty God. Stir our hearts, Father. Let revival fires burn in us. Let us catch fire as an individual. As your servant said, if you'll catch fire, they'll come to see you burn. Thank you, Father, for a heart that'll witness a sensitive spirit to the pain of others, a willingness to be generous and a desire to help. Thank you as we leave tonight. We walk in faith and love towards you. We love you so much. We walk in love one toward another. Thank you for our church. We leave you as the ambassadors of Christ. You've called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church. We're covered by the blood, empowered by the Word, anointed by the Holy Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com.